Hello, Mountain. So I was at Gunpowder Fall State Park, and um, we had gone for a little hike, and we were sitting up on the hill looking down at the trail below that runs right by the river there, and this family's coming by, and they've got this, like, walking their dog, like it's like a brown chocolate lab, and the dog's walking along there kind of just tamely, timidly, on its leash, you know, obediently and all of that, pulling a little bit at the leash, but no big deal. And then they stopped, they looked around, they didn't see anybody. So the owner says to the dog, I can't remember the dog's name, but let's say Daisy, Daisy, do you want to go for a run? And that dog just started jumping up and down like in place, like freaking out, like, yeah, 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 come on, come on, come on, yeah, 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 let's do it, let's do it. So she could barely get a hold of that leash and kind of finally unclips that sucker and that dog just takes off like 100 miles an hour, just disappears down the trail. And they're just sitting there laughing and watching. And pretty soon it turns around, comes flying back, ears flopping, big old smile saying like, hey, everybody, high-fiving on the way by, zooms past, comes by, jumps in the river, jumps out. That dog was so happy. That dog was unleashed. And that is what your life and my life are supposed to look like. It's really more what our lives are supposed to look like. So many people, even people who say, I'm set free and sing those songs and who talk about how God is a big part of their life, sometimes live these tame, timid, held back, tied down lives. Because sometimes our life mission is too small. But when our life mission gets caught up in God's big mission, that's fun. That's fun. And that's what today is about, is figuring out how your life mission and God's mission are caught up together. I hope every one of us feels the hand of Jesus on your neck, kind of working that collar free and unclipping us so we can run how we were meant to run, and specifically to come to a place where on this kind of special day for Mountain, uh, we would be able to say, here's a way that right now in this next season of my life, I believe I am unclipped and unleashed, sent by God to unleash love in a very specific and special way. Because every one of us is called to serve the Lord in that way. So today we're going to have an opportunity to, to be commissioned, sent, like pat her on the back, blessed, loved, prayed over, and sent out the door. So here's the question. How are you being called to unleash love? in a very special or specific way in this next season of your life. How is it? If you're a Christian, you're a missionary. So what's your mission field? And what would that look like for you to kind of think, man, how could God use me to unleash some of His love in a specific way? And as I said, we'll have an opportunity in just a few minutes to stand up and declare that and have someone pray over us and send us out of here. Unleash Love, as you know, by now is the name of our, it's, uh, I don't know what it is, it's an initiative, it's a thing, it's a movement, it's a prayer, it's a sort of way of saying for two years, God, just use us. What if we could unleash more prayer, more love, more generosity, more ministry, more everything like that daisy dog on a leash? What if we could do all that for God? And this key verse, 1 Thessalonians 3.12 is so beautiful, it just says, may the Lord Pour on the love so it fills you up in your life and then splashes out over everybody else. And that's the idea. How is that going to take place in your life and mine? And we've always said from the beginning, this uh, unleashed love has something for each of us. 
and something for all of us. Each of us is kind of our own personal spiritual journey and our own personal growth. And then last week, Luke really reminded us about some of the things that are there for all of us that none of us can do by ourselves, but together we can. Part of that's going to involve some generosity that will say, we think it's so important to reach lost people, that we're going to launch a new campus, we're going to have an online campus, we can do some things with kids, we can do some things globally in, the, in missions that God has opened up some doors for us, and that reminds me to invite you to um, what we, we're going to call our Advanced Commitment Night, which is next Friday night, and you're invited. If you are a leader, a volunteer at Mountain, or, or you just want to go first and make your commitment and say, I want to be in on this, it's going to be a really fun, I think, uh, historic enjoyable evening next Friday night. We're holding it at Community Christian Church just to change the venue. It's right down the road, one exit. CCC, that church, is a church that Mountain was led by God 10 years ago to launch. We just felt like we were doing the same kind of thing, and we said, I think we're supposed to go start a church. We did. A bunch of us left to go start that church. Now it's flourishing, thriving. 10 years later, it's running over 1,000 people. We're going to gather at that location and say, God, that was amazing what you did. Now what do you have for us? in the next 10 years as we unleash love. So that'll be a fun night. We'd love to have you there if you want to be there, but you got to RSVP so we can plan for the food and the kids and all that stuff. Go online and figure out how to do that or stop at the hub out here or at any of our campuses. We all have hubs. But today is a, is a historic moment, I think, in another special way because of each of us is going to be asked to really come to grips with how is it that God might be speaking to, to me, to you, about how you could serve and love others uh, in a special way in Unleashed Love. Now, before we get into talking about gee, how am I, what are some good things I could do, what are some practical ways I could serve or get involved in ministry or anything like that, we always have to get one thing clear. And that is the motive and the reason. Because sometimes we mistakenly think, oh, it's good for us to do good deeds or to love other people and do things like that. Because so then maybe God will, you know, maybe it couldn't hurt, you know, maybe he'd turn around and love me a little, bless me a little and give me a little favor or something. And the only problem with that is it's all wrong and backwards. Because, friends, we don't unleash love and we don't bless others and we don't serve so that we hope God will be good to us. We serve and love because He already has loved us. And we've been blessed, so that's why we want to be a blessing. It's, the order is really important. First John says, God is love. And God unleashes His love to us through Christ. He's already done that. And verse 11 says, So then, dear friends, since God... I'm paraphrase here. Since God has unleashed so much love on us, we surely ought to unleash love on each other and others. No one's ever seen God. You can't actually see God with your eyes. But if we love each other, then God's going to see... People are going to see God through us. Because God lives in us and His love is brought to full expression in us. When God's love is unleashed through us, that's how people see and know God. That's really, really important. As John 13 says it this way, by this, this is Jesus talking, says, by this, everyone will know that you belong to me, that you are my people, my followers, my disciples. How, how, will, we, how will people know? If you unleash love. That's what he's saying. If you love one another. So what's your ministry? Where are you serving? What could you do? Where's your mission field? How are you being called to unleash Love. Now, Jesus' maybe most famous body of teaching is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's gathered up together. It's sort of his most early and profound teaching in Matthew chapter 4, 5, and 6. 
Zoom in with me for a couple minutes on Matthew chapter 5. Check this out. This is the words of Jesus reminding now. This is Jesus talking to us. Good words for us today. Ready? Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You, and by the way, it's plural there in the original language, which is, in other words, he's saying, all y'all, all y'all are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? Nah, can't really. You just throw it out and trample it underfoot. It's worthless. We're called to make the world taste better. That's what we're here for. You know how some foods are just bland? Like when I moved to Tennessee, I've been hearing about grits my whole life. Oh, grits this, grits that, kiss my grits, whatever. Grits are supposed to be so great. I got there and I ordered grits. And they give me this like white slop of nothing on my plate. It's like, what is this? The waste of ingredients. I know I'm offending all the southerners, but I'm telling you, it's not all it's cracked up to be. You know what it needs? Yeah, a whole bunch of it, just to give, make it worth even eating. I'll get letters, I don't care. Salt makes stuff better. Makes it taste better. My friend Lisa, she says, well, I'm kind of on this low-sodium diet, but I found some salt. It's like low-sodium salt. I said, well, how is it? She says, well, you've got to put like four times as much on, but it's a, I don't think she's getting the point. But you, you kind of you see the point. Salt makes boring things come to life. And there are people whose lives are like grits. They, they just exist. They don't really have... I mean, they maybe look successful. They're doing all this stuff, but they don't really have any deep joy. They get little momentary worldly happiness, and it's over. They don't have deep peace. They go on a vacation, but they don't really have peace when they get home or even when they're there. Their days are hard. Their hearts are hard. Their life is bland, and what they need is the hope and the zest and the joy and the life and the spice that Christ brings. And Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, and I've given that to you. I'm the salt of the earth. Now you go be the salt of the earth. So friends... Mountain, go make something better. Make your neighborhood better because you're there. The only answer isn't to move out. Jesus says, no, stay there and make it better. Make your family better. Make our community better. Make this nation taste better because of who you are, because of who God is through us. That's what we're called to do is salt of the earth. And reminder, he says, if salt loses its saltiness... Well, then you're not making anything better. You're doing it wrong, Jesus says. It's a big waste. Salt that isn't salty, you might as well just put it on the sidewalk or something. In other words, if we don't unleash love, we're not really doing what we're sent and called and made to do. We're not running like Daisy. We're just leashed up. And a reminder, sometimes salt of the earth people have a tendency to stay in the salt shaker. You know, it's called sanctuaries all over the all over the American continent, there's churches meeting this morning like in those sanctuaries where church people gather like salt shakers. And you know what happens when salt stays in the shaker too long? It's all gooey and it's like to never get out of there. Maybe that's what God needs to do today with us is shake us up a little bit, shake us out. Salt isn't salt until it gets out of the shaker. And I think that's what God wants to do. Jesus throws another one at us. First of all, he says, you are the salt of the... And then he says, look at the next verse, verse 14. He says, you are the light of the, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hilltop, he says, can't be hidden. You drive by a big ski resort in the winter and you see it from 14 miles away because it's lit up in the night. You can see it. You can't hide it. And that's how our lives are supposed to be. Where everyone can see the visible, demonstrable improvement in a dark world. Verse 15, no one lights a lamp, Jesus says, and puts it under a basket. 
What would you do that for? Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand so it can benefit everyone, gives light to everyone in the house. Our world needs that. That's why we used to sing, This little light of mine. Sing it if you know it. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Some of the new people are like, what kind of weird handshake is this? That It's a song some of us grew up in church singing about the truth Jesus was teaching, that the light needs to shine. And then it says, hide it under a bushel. No, why would you do that? That's stupid, Jesus says. You don't take a light and stick it in your armpit or your glove box or shove it in your back pocket. You put it out so it can be seen. And that's why we've got to unleash love. Why? Verse 16 says this. In the same way, let your unleashed love, your good deeds, whatever God leads you to do, shine out for all to see. Why? So they think you're awesome? So they're impressed at all the things that Mountain did? No. The light shines on Jesus, and He's the one they'll see. And when you bring glory to God with your life, and you're part of something that's doing something that's changing the world and matters, that brings joy and satisfaction. You're going to feel more like Daisy off the leash when you're doing something that matters with your one light. Bring glory to God. Now, this is, practically speaking, kind of hard for us sometimes to land on. Well, how am I supposed to know? what to do and also we have these leashes that hold us back we get afraid or we we are not sure we have anything to offer or we tried something and got burnt out or we got burnt somehow and our ego don't know if we can handle not getting the pats on the back we need there's lots of reasons sometimes you get distracted you know some of this very same problem happened to the very first disciples who hung out with Jesus, which is interesting. You go to your Bible in John chapter 20, and it's funny, you got Jesus there. Jesus told the disciples over and over again, now look, I'm going to die and then I'm going to rise again. Okay? I'm going to die, but I'll rise again. I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again. They're like, and then he died. They're like, oh, he's gone forever. <laughs> and they were very sad about it very discouraged and scared and they got real quiet they weren't unleashing any love at all they were locked up in a room afraid in a little tiny enclave circling the wagons barring the doors you know when times are hard christians sometimes get like that so let's just pick something hypothetically i don't know just like random i don't know uh christians are i don't know pick something uh discouraged with the political scenario for example just pick something random Sometimes what Christians do is get scared and hide and get frustrated and go behind closed doors where they can access their Facebook account. And Those people, they had, they had persecution. The government wasn't really in favor of any of their agenda either. And it didn't look good for them. And they were scared. And Christians today can do the same thing. We just kind of hole up in our enclaves and get busy with our lives in our houses and our church and our hobbies and our work and forget to unleash love and what we're forgetting is the same thing they're forgetting. This one little minor detail. Jesus, who showed up, and he's like, hello, remember, I'm here. He actually walks into the room. He's like, I'm here. And then the first words he says is, peace, chillax. Just do peace, Jesus says. But he doesn't just give them peace to calm them down. He gives them peace to send them out. Look at verse 21 of John 20. Peace to you, Jesus says. We're all worried. We're holed up. We're so afraid. And he says, peace. Now, as the Father has sent me, now I 
and sending you right out back through those doors that you just closed into that big old scary world. And friends, if there were ever a time when God's people need to get out from behind closed doors and bring love to a hurting, confused world, it is now. Because Jesus is alive and He's calling us in the midst of our upsetting distress about the election, the economy, our kids, our family, our future, our nation. Fill in the blank. In the midst of all of that, He's doing the same thing. Like, peace, peace, chill, 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 chill. I'm here now. Actually, go and unleash love. The world doesn't necessarily need us to bring more worry or to bring more negativity, to bring more pessimism, to bring more division, to bring more of our opinions. We don't need, we're not, the world's not clamoring for one more opinion. What the world needs now is love, sweet love of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, well, actually, that's why the Father sent me. So now I am sending you, mountain Bring it. That's why He sent you. Unleash love. So, let's be honest. We need some encouragement. Um, and sometimes, really, all we need is an invitation. A little invitation, you know. I, uh, <laughs> Carl and I were out with some friends at Applebee's on Friday night uh, for some dessert. Turns out the Applebee's in Abingdon, um, Abingdon, Aberdeen, um, it's karaoke night. Did you know that? Yeah, some of you need, you need to know. Some of you, I hope, never find out. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's karaoke night. So we're there, you know, and this, this lady's singing, and we kind of listen. It turns out it's that lady from Mountain. It's like, oh, hey, how you doing? It's awesome. And our waitress is talking to us, and then she kind of says, well, I, I was a voice major in college. <laughs> And we're like, oh, well, you should, you should go sing. She's like, oh, no, no. In a way that clearly meant, ask me like three more times. You know, so we're like, oh, come on. No, I'm working. My boss, well, you know, oh, we'll talk to your boss. Go sing. What are you going to sing? She's like, oh, I really can't. Okay, I will. And so we had like trashy service for the next 15 minutes while she goes and picks her song and all that. But you know what? She sang this beautiful rendition of Let It Be, Let It Be. And her workmates are like, oh, wow, I didn't know you could do that. And she's coming over to our table just beaming, you know, whatever. And she's like, thanks for forcing me to do that. And I'm like, we didn't force her to do anything. We just gave her an opportunity. We gave her a little nudge. We gave her a little invitation. And she was so glad because she had a gift to share it and she kind of wanted to. She just needed it as a sort of avenue, you know? And that's what a lot of us need is just like, here's your moment. Today's your moment where it's like, I've been, I know I want to do something. I, I'm kind of, it's time for me to, to serve and unleash love and I want to be more than vague. I want to be specific about it. It's time for you to grab the mic and you'll be so glad like she was that you did. So let's talk about kind of your personal calling right now in this season of your life. Just be clear here. Every human... It's created in the image of God, and God is a servant God who loves and gives and who came to this planet for one reason, to unleash love. And you are made in that God's image, and I don't care who you are, you're here to serve. You're here to love and unleash love. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've received the love of Jesus in your life, and that means that you are called to unleash that love. But it's not always easy, is it, figuring out exactly, well, what's my assigned field? It's hard sometimes, practicalities of it and figuring it out. And Let me give you a little help. Some suggestions and ideas. First, sometimes we need to unleash love right where we already are. You don't have to go anywhere, do anything. You don't need any more preparation. Just kind of look around and think about where you are. You know, the old bloom where you're planted deal. 
Unleash love in your family. That might be your mission field or your school, your workplace, your team, your neighborhood. A ministry you've already been investing in. Maybe you don't need to change. You just need to ante up again and say, okay, God, this has helped me go strong here for another season. My mom, my mom's been teaching Sunday school to kindergartners for 65 years. Okay? She's good at it. She's better than you. She's still doing it. Okay? And you know what? She's done a lot of other ministries that have come and gone over the years, but she's found a niche that works, and God needs people who are faithful over the long haul like that. She taught me. She taught kids who grew up and had kids, and she taught their kids, and then they grew up, and she's teaching their kids right now. And one of those little kids, by the way, besides yours truly, was a little blonde-haired, precocious feller named Luke Erickson, who, by the way, learned everything he knows from my mother in kindergarten. Sometimes you just got to bloom where you planted, do the thing you're already doing. Other times, you might kind of sense God's closing the door, opening up, pushing you to challenge something new or, or do something that's not scary, but something that is going to be just natural. There might be a new thing that you need to do, an uprooting that's happening, a holy discontent that's brewing that you know is going to lead to some new season or some new thing you're supposed to do. One of the little tools, if you're doing the uh, daily devotional guide and, and the small group stuff in the, here, and I hope you are, you saw the little tool that we use a lot around here that kind of helps us sometimes isolate. Well, what is it that we're supposed to be doing or where can I serve? And it kind of is um, like a, about the confluence of three circles. The first one is you look inside and you say, well, what are my gifts? You look inside yourself. What are my gifts and my resources and my passion? What do I love? What am I good at? What are my skills and experiences, my talent, treasure, and time? What do I love doing? What am I good at? You know, so you, you like to fix things? You've been divorced? You're good with kids? You have a couple hours during the day? You're good on the phone? You're good with your hands? You, 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 you have a heart for the outcast? You play the violin? Doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you figure, you start thinking about what are your gifts, resources, time, talent, uh, and, and, and passion? And then you don't just look inside asking, what do I have? Next, we kind of look at the world. Look outside at the world's needs. Where is there a hole? Where is there a need? Where is there a problem to be fixed? Where is there something that needs to happen? It could be as simple as chairs that need to be stacked. It could be as simple as special needs kids who need someone to love on them with the love of Jesus. It could be Second Saturday Serve Projects where your family could show up and serve. Young adults who need mentoring, the neighbor down the streets who, who has something happening in their life. So you're looking outside and you're saying, what does the world need? So you've got inside your gifts, outside the world's needs, and then you look up and you say, what does God want? You're going to look for God's call. What's close to the heart of God? What's God saying? And what, what are some of the priorities and the passions that really matter most to God? You know, I would just say, if there's something that the community is screaming, hey, we really need help with this, and you're like, oh, I'm interested in that, but it's not close to the heart of God. It's not on His agenda and His purpose. Don't waste your time on it. But if it's close to the heart of God, and it's a need that you care about and could do something about that might be getting close to this really cool intersection right there 
that sweet spot that might suggest maybe that's something that I'm supposed to be doing right now in this season of my life. So my daughter is a student at Edgewood High School. So that's, she figured out, that, I think it's my mission field right now. It's one of them. So she and some friends gather together and they work with FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and work with Collide and other things, and they're trying to do everything they can to help reach some kids that are right there in their school and love on them and encourage them. Bam, right there. See how that works? Unleash love. Ryan John was welcomed so much when he came to the church a couple years ago. He couldn't believe it. He was like, wow, I thought this church was big and scary, but everyone welcomed me and loved me. Now he serves on our welcome ministry because he wants everyone to have that same thing. You know, it's just it's something that he's good at. He saw the need for it, and he knows that's what God wants, is to help people feel at home in his, in his church. So what about you? You, know, you want to be an office volunteer? You want to you um, do some computer work for us, post attendance or whatever? You can serve in a community agency all over this community. There, uh, you could help with a ministry that helps women who are contemplating abortion or it helps them in the aftermath of one of those abortions. They need volunteers who can minister the presence of Jesus and his counsel in those moments. Or you could pack backpacks for blessings in a backpack for kids at Magnolia Elementary or read to kids through that program. Or through Extreme Family Outreach, you could pack Thanksgiving meals or deliver them. You could work for Habitat by making lunches or, or help build homes, do construction work. Or Welcome One Emergency Shelter needs people to serve meals or plan a game night. You could organize donations at Kia's Corner or Tabitha's House. You could teach life skills or cooking skills at uh, Harford Family House. If you're handy with you know, handyman skills and that kind of thing, our, our elderly and our widows and our single moms need, in this mountain community, need the Mountain Disaster Assist Team to show up and help them with stuff that they can't do on their own. Or maybe you want to serve tea every second Friday at the Forest Hill Health and Rehab Center or drive for Meals on Wheels. There's an endless list in the community outside the walls. There's all kinds of needs inside the walls. The ministries of Mountain are, are waiting on so many to step up and, and get out of the salt shaker. Mountain Kids Ministry needs a ton of help right now. Um, we need small group leader for some young boys. We, we, we need uh, somebody to run the soundboard in student ministry. You can go to the zone at the epicenter after school and hang out with kids, help them with homework, play games, feed them snacks, be a friend. You don't like people? Okay. Uh, do something that's not interacting with humans. You can, uh, you can help us with our media ministry, our social media, our anti-social media, and uh, photo- photography, graphics. But I say, on and on and on. I don't have to spell it out for you, but whoever you are, God knows who you are, and there's a, a world of need, and God's calling us somehow. You've got to figure it out. Don't let yourself stay leashed up. It's easy to happen. True story, a friend is driving downtown L.A. with a buddy named Jojo. And they get distracted, they're talking and goofing off, and he looks down and realizes his gas gauge is like empty. He's way past E, and he's like, oh man, Jojo, keep your eyes peeled for a gas station, I'm on E. Jojo leans over, looks at the gas gauge, waves it off like, we got a problem. And the driver's like, no, dude, I'm serious. I know my car. I'm on fumes. Hello, E is empty. And with bona fide, genuine shock, Jojo like says, E is empty? He's like, yeah, what'd you think it meant? And he said, enough. (laughs) He said, well, what'd you think the F stood for? And he's like, finished? (laughs) I got to laughing about that. But you know, I think sometimes we get the gas gauge in our own life and our ability to serve the Lord mixed up like that. We look in the mirror and the verdict comes back, oh, I'm empty. I don't really have anything to offer. 
I don't have what it would take to sort of do something like what you're talking about. I just want to remind you and assure you that because of who Jesus is, he looks at us and says, I don't care how empty you feel, you are enough to serve in my name. You have enough good and time and love to unleash something for God. And if you look in the mirror and you render the verdict, finished. My life is too messed up. I've made too many mistakes. I'm too old. I'm too stubborn. I'm too bitter. I'm too tired. I'm too whatever. I'm finished. The word from the Lord today is simply no. F stands for the filling of my love as I pour it out to you so you can spill it out on others. You are enough and you are not finished. You are full of what God wants you to share. And your decision is whether you will hear that from God and unleash it one way or another. This is how I think Isaiah in the Bible felt, overwhelmed in the presence of God. He comes to church one day, and all of a sudden God shows up in an intensely powerful way, how that sometimes happens. There's smoke and noise and angels and and everything shaking, and holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and everyone's trembling, and he's just like, I don't belong here. This is, I'm out of my league. This is, I just don't belong in this place. I'm an unclean person. I'm a, I live among people unclean, so I don't belong here. And God shows up and meets Isaiah in all of his unworthiness. Just as God is meeting each one of us right now, God sends a messenger to touch his lips and heal and says, your sins are covered. You're set free and forgiven. And then God says, now I need some messengers. I need some ambassadors. I need some people who will unleash love. Isaiah 6, verse 8. Who will go for us? Who can I send? And Isaiah, who just like us a moment ago was trembling, thinking, this is over my head. I don't belong. Raises his hand and says, here I am. You can send me. Because the same Jesus who sent those first disciples said to us, On the cross, I forgive you and I cleanse you. He's touched your lips as well to heal and cleanse and forgive you. And his question is the same. Who will go? Who will do something for me? And now we have an opportunity to raise our hand and say, if you'll have me, here I am. Send me. So we want to enter into a kind of, I think, a cool marker moment that I hope a lot of us will remember a long time. And I just want to encourage every single one of you to participate. Don't miss this opportunity. Might make some of you a little uncomfortable. You'll get over it. Church is now supposed to be comfortable. I think a lot of you will really enjoy and appreciate what we're about to do together. I'm going to encourage everyone to grab that card that's in the seat back in front of you and pass them around so everybody gets one in your hand. Let's start there. This is a card, a commissioning card, where you have an opportunity to write something on here that you think God might be calling you to do. So, you want to grow spiritually? Let's do it. Commissioning card. First it says, my name is, because God knows your name, and God knows your gifts, and God knows everything about who you are. And so write your name in there. And then it says, a place for your mission field. I am ready to unleash love in my mission field of, and there's a place for you to write something about where your passion, energy, and ideas might fit the world's needs and God's call. And write it in there. And a place to say bye is sort of an example of how you might do that in five words or less. Let me encourage you to start writing, or even right now, 
We're going to have a time of uh, worship and singing and just kind of an extended period where you can reflect on this and, and, uh, and then be commissioned. There's no pressure, but I really just want to encourage you. I've heard from so many people when we've done this years in the past how important this day turned out to be for them. So let yourself hear the Lord say, who will go? Will you? And then hear yourself say back, here I am, send me. Unclip me, I'm ready to run. So you'll have an opportunity to be commissioned. It'll be very simple, not fancy or elaborate. It's deeply meaningful between you and God. We'll have some people at stations that will welcome you, bless you, pray for you, and send you out in a very brief exchange. And the key will be this card. As you're filling out this card, um, I thought I would show a video because the video will kind of inspire and encourage about some others who are at the Mountain Family who are doing cool things. And then um, during the video, we'll have several people take their places all around the perimeter of the room. You'll see them, and they're going to be the blessers and the commissioners who uh, you can just go find your, your way to them in a moment. And uh, so for right now, um, as you're thinking about your own card and filling it out, go ahead and watch this screen. I'm going to unleash love in my mission field of men by leading a small group and being a witness to all people at all times. I am ready to unleash love in my mission field of underprivileged students by tutoring mathematics and helping them discover their God-given purpose. I'm ready to unleash my love in the mission field of recovery and homeless care by loving and respecting everyone and not judging. I'm going to unleash love at my school by inviting my friends to church, to small group, and to Clyde. I'm ready to unleash love in my mission field uh, as being a surgeon and trying to help people uh, when they have problems or pain. I'm ready to unleash love on Second Saturday Serve by having my young adult men small group increase our participation level to 200%. I'm ready to unleash love by loving on the kids in Edgewood through Extreme Family Outreach, ECHO, and small group student ministries. Hi, my name is Addie and I'm unleashing love in my mission field at my school to help the other kids do right decisions. I'm ready to unleash love in my mission field of serving families by praying that God brings it to me so that he can work through me. I am ready to unleash love in my mission field of Mount Kids by loving on students and teaching the word of God. to unleash my love in my community and around the world in Kenya, Nairobi. I'm trying to do that by sewing, knitting, and woodcrafts. I am ready to unleash love in my mission field of global outreach by delivering boxes of hope to children in Romania. I am ready to unleash love in my mission field of kids by serving in student ministries and being a small group leader to middle schoolers. showing them love, patience, and grace. I'm ready to unleash love and um, the mission field of my schools and classrooms in the state of Maryland by loving on kids and educating kids with special needs. I'm going to unleash love in student ministries by leading and loving on an amazing group of ninth grade small group girls. I'm ready to unleash love in my mission field of Aberdeen, Maryland 
by directing mountain hoops and investing in the lives of kids. I'm unleashing love through my mission field at Edgewood High School through SEM. We're ready to unleash love and our mission field is our small group. I'm ready to unleash love now and my mission field is prison ministry. Let's go! So uh, hopefully you've been kind of thinking about this. Let me encourage you. It's hard. It's kind of exciting, but it can be difficult. Let me encourage you to be as specific as you can be uh, as you fill out your card. Something vague in general about just loving everyone all the time is going to be harder for you to fulfill. So try to be as specific about a place or people or a ministry area that you want to explore. So here's how it'll work. In just a moment, we're going to stand up and sing. It's going to be very informal and kind of move to the middle of the aisle. We're going to spread out and make it easy for everyone to get out of the seats. You'll see the, sir, the commissioners are all around the perimeter. And um, when you're ready, just go kind of queue up, and the commissioner will welcome you. So Alyssa comes. She hands me her card. And if I was a commissioner, I would just say, um, Alyssa, on behalf of the church and in the name of Christ, uh, you are being set apart to serve in the mission field, which is your neighborhood, by visiting on a neighbor that she names here that's got uh, some illness and checking on him and taking him meals. And that's a beautiful mission field. And so, therefore, you are now um, being blessed. Now, we've got uh, every one of these people have a little vial of oil, okay? Nothing special about the oil, but oil is a powerful biblical symbol of God's provision and blessing and anointing. And uh, if, if you don't want to be anointed with oil, just kind of wave it off like that, and they'll just pray for you. Uh, it doesn't stink or anything like that, but it's a beautiful symbol if you'll welcome and receive it. And so I would say to Alyssa, as a symbol of God's blessing, as you go fulfill this ministry to Roy and the other neighbors, you're now being commissioned. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go serve in his name. I hand her her card back, and off you go. So I hope that You'll find it meaningful and powerful. And let's just give this whole next several minutes to the Lord as a time of worship. We're going to sing a few songs. Find your way whenever you're ready. And then return to your seats and we'll have a kind of close uh, together. And there are servants in, in every direction. And I'm going to come down as well. And uh, off we go. So let's enter into a time of worship. and Let's all stand. Make it easy for people to step over you. There's going to be a little chaos. That's okay. All right. Let's do this.